In this episode, I'll explore changing patterns, setting goals, and the upside of getting emotional, and making decisions based on how you want to feel rather than what you want to achieve. And of course, how all of this relates to training your horse. So here we go, episode 75, Patterns, Goals, and Feelings. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. So we're still in January and this first month of the year, my thoughts are always on new vision for the new year. Even though I'm, I feel like I'm always doing my best to self-assess and to modify my actions in the moment all year long, (laughs) you know, in order to get the results I want, but still somehow January is a great reason to step back a little further look at the big picture and see if I can identify any overarching patterns that need interrupting. And it's a great time to then make some, you know, macro changes to how I do things. So thank you for being here and stepping back with me. Now in general, in how I teach horsemanship and in these podcasts, I, I like to find the counterintuitive things to talk about the things that you might not naturally think of. And one of those counterintuitive things is to look at the stuff that is working. Now, it's obvious to know you need to take a look at what's not working, but I think it's important to look at everything. Now, people who have a lot on their plate, like me, Uh, tend to always look for efficiencies, right? So I'm always wanting to streamline. And I think that is a really important skill to have. So if I don't do that, then I end up spending more time doing the things that aren't really related to my goals and less time doing the things that I really want to do. And once we find an efficient way of doing things, we tend to stick with it. I mean, that's sort of natural to me. I put some thought into how I can be more efficient or manage my time better. I figure it out. I'm proud of it. It works. And so I tend to stick with it and I tend to not think about it anymore because that's one of the benefits of being efficient is you can go into a kind of autopilot and not think about it. It just gets done. But there is a danger to that. And the danger is that that kind of efficiency over a time can create a rut. Now I talk about the danger of being too consistent in episode 43. I think I I call that episode lessons from a tractor. (laughs) So if you want to think more about that or hear more about that, uh, go ahead and take a listen to episode 43. But in a nutshell, the paradox is that efficiency can help us have time to drop into moments that are important to us, right? So if I want to spend more time with my horses 
and really be able to do that in a non-distracted way, I have to be more efficient somewhere else in my life. So it gives me the time to really be present with my horses. But as I said, too much consistency puts us on autopilot. And then we stop being really aware of what we're doing in those moments. And the moment that was there that created the need for that efficiency actually changes over time. Because maybe now it's five, 10 years later, and we're not in that moment anymore, but we still have a rut left over that we're still in from that time 10 years ago that we created this pattern. The reason for that pattern might not be there anymore. And the same thing can happen when we train our horses. So I talk a lot when I, when I teach about how to use consistency and variety. So consistency builds confidence. Too much consistency creates mindlessness, boredom, and checked out. What we did in foundation, all those patterns we created in foundation, it needs to change as the horse progresses. So going too fast or too slow can hold you back from progress. So I have a little story about this idea of having consistency and how it can work for you and then it can stop working for you. Uh, I was doing a clinic in Switzerland and it was a great group of students and their foundation was really excellent because they, they all studied with this really great foundation specialist. And so I came in to teach and the arena was a little bit of a hack, <laughs> you know, from the barn, walking their horses out to get to the arena. And so we'd have a time to get at the arena. Now the students would get to the arena on time and then they would do these really thoughtful, smart warm-ups. However, their warm-ups took so long that by the time they were, you know, ready to get on and ride, we almost didn't have enough time in the session. And so what I noticed was they were all warming up the way they did when they created their foundation, but their horses were awesome. <laughs> they didn't need it anymore. And I could see their horses kind of checking out as they went through the, let's do this many figure eights, and then let's send them out over here, and then we'll do this. And really, they could have just gotten on and ridden. But I wanted to honor that beautiful, thoughtful warm-up that they did give to their horses in the preparation. So I gave them a little challenge. I changed it. I changed this pattern. And I said, we're going to meet at the arena. You know, The session starts at 10 or whatever it was. They all got ready. We all headed out to the arena and I said, okay, stop for a second. Now, when we get to the arena, we're going to start riding. And you have between here, the barn and the arena to get ready. And I could see a lot of them were like, oh, but I need to do these 10 steps before I feel ready to ride. And so I just gave them that challenge. And I said, of course, if you're not ready, I'm not going to make you get on, but see if you can get ready between here and there. And there was a just sort of a car width path <laughs> on the way from the barn to the arena. And, you know, so many of them got there and they're like, you know what, I'm ready to get on. And then we were able to do so much more. So that pattern that they had created was a very wise pattern and it worked. It worked so well that they don't even need it anymore. The trouble is they didn't stop to look at what was working. 
So anyway, that's an example of that. So maybe there's somewhere in your life that you're, you know, maybe you've been focusing on the problems, what's not working, what's not working. And a lot of the times we have trouble fixing what's or improving, I should say, what's not working is because we're spending so much time <laughs> doing the same old stuff with the stuff that is working and maybe we can tweak that. So just something to tempt you guys to look at with your horses and with your life, look at what is working. What are the efficiencies? What are the things you just do without thinking? Maybe they're still serving you and maybe they're not. So it doesn't hurt to look and with fresh eyes, just go, do I still need to do it this way? I'll give you another quick example with horses. Uh, I have this um, wonderful assistant and there's days where I want to get, you know, multiple horses ridden and maybe by a certain time. So when I wake up, I text her and I'm like, okay, ovation 815. And then I know that 815, he's going to be there on the cross ties. And I make sure I get out there on time because I never want to keep my horse waiting. And that works really well. It's super efficient and I can spend more time than doing other stuff with my horse in the training session or in time afterwards. And it's working really well. And then recently, um, she took some days off. And so I couldn't be that efficient and I had to do things myself. Now I often groom and stuff, spend on demanding time with my horses. So it's not like I'm always doing this, but at first it was like, oh, this isn't, you know, it's not as an efficient a day, but you know what? It was wonderful because I spent different time with my horses and I, dropped into the relationship more and it didn't matter if I didn't ride that day. So, you know, those kind of things sometimes present themselves to us accidentally when we don't think we want them and they might even seem like inconveniences, but that's why we want to look on purpose. Step back every now and then go, what's not working? Okay, great. Make a list of that and then look at what is working and are you creating a rut that maybe you want to get out of? And again, that's the important key that everything is on the table when it comes to the possibility of what we can change. So the, after looking at, you know, noticing where you might have mindless efficiencies, that would be the first thing to do where are your mindless efficiencies. So write that down on a little piece of paper, make a note <laughs> to look at that. And then the next thing I'd like you to do is maybe take out a piece of paper and write down at the top of the page, what if, and at some point you're going to go back after listening to this episode, <laughs> go back and just fill that page with different possibilities. What if I bought another horse? What if I blocked off three hours every morning to spend time with my horses? What if I took that day off of work? What if I switched and taught these people on this day and gave taught these other people on this other day? What if I put everybody into group lessons? What if I worked from home? What if you get the idea? And you know, I just listed a few things, but don't limit yourself. Just anything. What if, what if I won the lottery? What if I moved to Texas? What if... <laughs> You know, just let your brain dump out whatever it wants to dump out without judgment, without an editor. Now, 
if you find yourself thinking, and this is what I mean by the editor, if you're like, well, what if I bought three new horses? And then you're going to hear your brain go, well, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't, I can't change that. What if I quit my job? Well, I can't, I can't really change that. If you hear yourself saying, and it's not yourself, it's a little brain gremlin. That's what I call a brain gremlin. If you hear brain gremlin saying, oh, you can't do that. That can't change. I want you to take whatever that is, write it down in bold letters, underline it, write it on top of itself a couple times till it's really bold, circle it, put a little star next to it and just go, oh yeah, brain, you say I can't change that. You're just writing it on a piece of paper. And this is so important to notice that if you edit yourself so quickly that you won't even write it down on a piece of paper, then you need to let yourself look at it, make yourself write it down. You know, you could just say, what if I, you know, it might sound crazy, write it down. It's just ink on a page or clicking a button on a, on a keyboard. Just write it down. Just look at it. Entertain the idea. Because the next question, when you think about, you know, what if I change that, then you're going to start thinking, well, what should I change? You know, what, what am I actually going to change? And what you actually decide to change is going to be dependent on your own personal life experience and, you know, what you want to create, but you're not going to be able to create anything. If that little voice in the back of your head is slicing and cutting out even 20% of the possibilities. And most of the time it's, we're editing out probably 80% of the possibilities. So go crazy. Let yourself do it. Just write down. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if start with a little imagination. Now, the next thing is to go ahead and create the vision. Okay. So now, you know, all the things that could change, you know, all the little dials on the board that you could change, right? So you just played that game. Now you're going to create the new vision. And, and again, feel free to do this in the context of your life, in the context of your horse goals. I don't care. Combination thereof. It's yours. <laughs> so there's no rules around that. But we next need to kind of go, okay, I, I know what I could change. Now, what do I want to create? Because that's going to guide your decisions. I don't know what to tell you to change because it all depends on your own goal. Now, this episode is not going to be so much about goal setting. And if you'd like to hear my episode where I uh, interview a um, sports psychologist, uh, Jenny Susser, Dr. Jenny Susser, you can listen to episode 24. So she talks a bit about goals. But here, I want to talk about something to do before you choose your goals and something to do after you choose them. So when most people sit down to set goals, they think about what they want to do or accomplish or acquire. And so Jenny Susser talks about um, outcome goals. What do I want to accomplish? And she talks about behavioral goals. How do I want to be? Now I'm going to tempt you to think about something else. I want you to think about how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel during this year? Don't wait to the end. Of, I was about to say at the end of the year, don't wait to the end. It's not like, okay, let's, I have a goal. 
And I'm, I'm not going to know if I'm successful or not till I get to the end of the year. Right? No. How do we want to feel starting now? And so by tempting you to think about how you want to feel, it doesn't mean that I don't value creating measurable, tangible goalposts. I definitely do. So of course we're going to set those kind of goals. But like I said, I want to, I want to wiggle around and find the pieces that get dropped. (laughs) What are the pieces we don't think about doing? Most people think about outcome goals. Some people also think about behavioral goals. How do I want to be different? How do I want to move through the world differently? But how do you want to feel? So think about, it's kind of related to why do you want your goal? And behind every what, there's a why. And within every why, there's a feeling. So what do you want to accomplish? Well, I'd like to win regional champion. Okay. Why? (laughs) Why? Because I'll have accomplished my goals and that will allow me to have more of a credential or something like that. Okay. Why? And if you keep asking why, you know, why is that important? Why is that important? Why is that important? Often you'll get to a feeling well, I'll feel really proud of myself. You know, I'll feel really proud of myself and my horse or, you know, there's going to be a feeling there. So when you think about what you're trying to achieve, do you want to feel proud? Do you want to feel secure? Do you want to feel comfortable? Do you want to feel exhilarated? And if you have a goal that you wrote down or a vision Maybe, maybe a vision came to you really easily. Oh, I know exactly what my vision is and what do I want to accomplish? And if you can't figure out the feeling connected with it, then I would question that goal. Really ask yourself, is that really a goal? Are you really aiming for it because you want to? It's your goal in your heart or because you think you should have that goal? Is it coming from somebody else's expectation. Now, I'm sure many of you have experienced, or maybe you know someone who's experienced reaching a goal, and then you're left feeling a bit like, okay, now what? It's like you worked really hard, you got there, and you're like, that was it? (laughs) That's not uncommon. (laughs) You know, or we chase our goals until we can't even remember why we're doing it. And the goal becomes a rut. We keep following that goal because it's what we've always followed. And it seems like the natural progression from where we started. We started at point A and we think, well, if I start at point A and I head to point B and I haven't gotten to B yet, I have to stay until I get to B. And guess what? Sometimes at A point three, that doesn't make sense. All right, let's say we start at mile zero and we want to get to mile mark number 10. We think we need to stay on there. But at mile marker number three, something comes along and goes, you know what? I don't want to head to mile marker 10. I want to go over this direction. I don't want to head north. I, I want to turn west and hit mile marker number five in that direction. So goals can become ruts and we don't have to end up at the preconceived idea of what the natural conclusion of where we 
where we're heading ends up. Now, I've experienced this in my life. So I started on a path and then I kept doing the things that were the next logical steps on that path until I hated the path. It didn't feel good, but I thought it was correct. I thought that's what I'm supposed to do. And that was so deep that I didn't even question it. I thought, well, this is what I do. This is what people like me are supposed to do. It's the only way to do it. But it didn't feel good. Now, if I had tuned into a feeling goal, if I had tuned into how I want to feel in my life, I would have made different decisions sooner. And so people who get burned out know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been burned out, you, you probably are nodding your head going, I get this. Because the feeling gets so bad, you can't, you have to stop. You can't keep going. And then usually after you're burnt out, you go, no more of that. And you head somewhere that feels really good. And then it's like, wow, this is amazing. Life breakthrough. Well, don't wait till you're burned out. Listen to that advice. And so if you're even just feeling a little bit like, well, I don't feel burned out. I just can't really target a feeling. I don't know why I'm doing that goal, but it doesn't feel too bad. That's a red flag. (laughs) Believe me. That little like what what's a, you know, uh, women, you know, your partner asks you like, are you okay? You go, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> like that's not, that's not good. <laughs> so if you have a goal and you're doing this exercise with me and you wrote it down and I said, what's the feeling you want to feel like? I don't know. Why are you doing it? I don't know. That's a red flag. Don't be fine. Be fabulous. <laughs> so. If you only have a goal about what you want to do, or even a behavioral goal about what you want to be, there's a possibility that you could achieve it and you could still not be satisfied. However, this is the fun part. If you set a vision for how you want to feel, it opens up a lot of possibilities for how to achieve that feeling. So your chance of success goes way up. And this is a little bit like, you know, to connect it back to horse training. Remember horse training? (laughs) That's the name of this podcast, Horse Training in Harmony. So (laughs) this concept is a little bit like the importance of knowing the purpose of an exercise or the essence of a movement you do with your horse. So in dressage, talk about the criteria and the essence. The criteria is, you know, if you are doing a shoulder in and you meet the criteria, that means someone looking can go, hey, she's doing a shoulder in. I can recognize it, right? So it has enough things on the checklist to make it recognizable. However, if you don't know why you're doing a shoulder in or what the essence of a shoulder in is, what you want to feel from the shoulder in, then you could kind of go sideways with your horse on three tracks for years and you won't actually achieve a benefit. But if you're looking for the feeling of a horse who's more engaged and powerful and lighter, more flexible with better self-carriage and freedom in the shoulders, and then you do a shoulder in, you might do one long side and be like, that was it. I got it. And it's going to be more fun and you're going to enjoy it because you're looking for the feeling, not just the doing. So knowing why you're doing it, 
and what you want to feel will completely change how you go through the mechanism of doing a shoulder in. It's going to change what you're paying attention to and you're going to enjoy it. So in horses as with life. So I hope that analogy really works for you. And I do have a, a blog about the, the importance of understanding why are you doing that exercise? I'll put the link in the show notes below. Now, also when you're aiming for a feeling, it allows for some surprise. You don't have to figure it all out perfectly. You don't have to know the plan absolutely every day. You want to just keep heading in the direction of that feeling. Remember, we're all kind of making this up as we go. Even as a horse trainer, there's no horse like you and your horse. There's no horse rider combination like you and your horse on that day. So even someone with a lot of experience coaching you to find something, we're kind of going to see head out there, see what happens. And the, the trainer is looking for a very precise essence. But if you don't know what that essence is, you're going to miss it. And sometimes if we're looking for that essence, you, you've got this great plan. You're going to do this exercise and then turn left here and do that movement there. And then, and then on some other weird moment where you weren't even paying attention or thinking about a movement, your horse offers this springy quality. Now, if you weren't focused on targeting the feeling, you might miss that. You're so busy thinking about getting the mechanisms right. So that's the thing in life too. If you keep looking for, um, you know, feelings of whatever you want to feel, you know, pride, excitement. Do you want to feel inspired? Do you want to feel calm? Do you want to feel in love every day? You know, if you know that you're aiming for that, you'll be able to kind of follow your heart and navigate and sort of follow that feeling better than if you just use your brain and logic alone. And now here comes another paradox. I love paradoxes. Paradox, all the good stuff lives in a paradox. So sometimes if I think, if I'm, if I say, okay, if you want to feel proud, if you want to feel excited, then you're going to see in life the things that make you feel that way and you aim for those. So it kind of seems like I said that. And that's true, but I want to split this hair a little bit because I want to make sure that you don't, you don't think that I'm saying that external factors are needed in order to feel this way. So here's the thing. If you have a goal to feel happy, that will choose, that will definitely drive you to choose things that make you happy. So that's true, but it's even better than that. Because if you decide to feel happy or proud or content or in love, that can happen immediately. As soon as you decide you're going to feel pride, that's what I want to feel or contentment or just in love with everything. As soon as you decide to feel that, as soon as you feel that, then you're going to be seeing everything through that lens. And that's really the key. When you're able to do that, then you're able to make the best choices and you get in this amazing positive feedback loop. Because I could tell you, think of a feeling you want and you'd be like, I want to feel happy. And then you're going to sit back and be like, well, that doesn't make me happy. And that doesn't make me happy. And that doesn't make me happy either. (laughs) 
don't do that. You got to actually be happy. And when you're in that happy state, you will see things differently. It doesn't mean that you're always 100% happy all the time. It just means you're going to be deciding to see it through that lens. And then you'll be able to weed out in a more healthy and positive way. I know this is kind of weird and hey, I'm not a philosopher. I'm always trainer, but I think about this stuff a lot and I have experienced it. When I come out in a good mood to my horses, guess what? I have wonderful sessions. It doesn't mean everything that I do is perfect, but it's always wonderful and I can be happy about it. And when I'm in that state of feeling like this is wonderful, what a mess that was. Boy, I really, I was really crooked on that line. Instead of going, oh, I'm terrible. That was horrible. I'm the worst rider in the world. I was crooked on that center line. That's the difference. So if I come out and I just decide that life is wonderful and I want to be happy, then when I do a crooked center line, I just go, well, that was crooked. I wonder what I can do better next time. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. So helping yourself get in that positive feedback loop, loop where things become less effortful. They're not effortless. This all takes work. We got to work hard to get to the place where things are easy. But your feeling of curiosity will lead you to look at things with more curiosity. And then makes you more curious to look at new things, which makes you even more curious about things. That's the positive feedback look, loop. And this is such a different feeling than thinking, I want to feel curious and then waiting for someone to put something intriguing and interesting in front of you and blaming everything else and everyone else for being so boring. So I hope this makes sense. So take a, take a moment now to write down some feelings that you want to feel starting now. And if you can't do it now, just make a mental note to do it. If you're driving, don't write anything down. Just make a little mental note to yourself. And when you get home, take a piece of paper and write how I want to feel. And write down some feelings. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe there's like three different kinds of feelings you want to feel. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to limit you on what you want to feel. But I think you're going to be amazed at how many opportunities you will find to feel this way. And the work of doing the stuff, there's always work, there's always stuff to do. There will always be the stuff that requires work, but it will become a labor of love. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls, and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be 
amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. All right, so now we've opened up the possibility of what if, what if, what if we've kind of created a vision. We've looked at the stuff that's not working. We've looked at the stuff that is working. We're pulling ourselves out of ruts. We know how we want to feel. And because of that, now we've got those, that vision of what we want to end up with. How do we make it stick? We're changing patterns. How do we make it stick? Now, this next part that I want to talk to you about is something I got from a man named Chase Hughes, and he is a behavior expert. Now, I first um, learned of him through watching a YouTube channel called The Behavior Panel. Um, I interviewed another member of The Behavior Panel, uh, Greg Hartley, on an earlier episode, so you can look for that. And so Chase Hughes is one of the four. And he put out a little video on YouTube. I will post the link to the YouTube, his YouTube video in the show notes on my website. And he did a, you know, a little video on this, how to make it stick. And I thought this was a really cool, uh, four points that will help you. So this is not me. This is not my stuff. This is his stuff, but I wanted to share it with you. So he had, um, the acronym fear, (laughs) which, you know, it's it's not a, a word. Maybe we can say, you know, it's fear because you want to be afraid if you don't do this. I don't know. (laughs) He's a military guy. (laughs) Anyway, so it's easy to remember. So the F stands for focus. And basically you just need to commit to paying attention to what you want to do. And this is going to be a real nutshell. So please go watch his video and get, get it straight from the horse's mouth but you need to focus. You need to commit to paying attention to what you want to do. The second part is emotion. So things connected with strong emotions make a bigger impression and they're remembered more easily. There's neurobiology involved here. So this is another reason why you want to attach a feeling to it. You want to let yourself feel your goals. Don't make your goals just dry and logical and boring. You want them to excite you. And so get, you know, get excited. When I work with people, you know, we celebrate wins. We get excited about stuff. We name it when we're feeling frustrated. Like let yourself ride the roller coaster of emotions. Let yourself be, if you're, if you're frustrated, name it. I am so frustrated. And then look at it and then celebrate and get excited about small steps. So let yourself get emotional about it. It's going to make a bigger connection. And then you will, you will remember it. You'll want to do it. Your brain will want that extra shot of, you know, of, uh, those yummy hormones that make you feel good. So let yourself get emotional now. So that's F E the A in fear is agitation. And the idea here is you can't change by staying in your comfort zone. So sometimes this feels counterintuitive. So Earlier I said, you know, you might want to have a goal of feeling content, you know, so you're thinking, but Karen, if I want to feel content and safe and secure, why would I agitate myself? 
Because the reality is that making any kind of change requires moments of discomfort. You know, staying the same is the comfort zone. So we've got to be able to like feel that tension of moving beyond what we're used to. You know, think, think of some of your fondest memories or sometimes the best stories that you tell at parties, they're usually wrapped up in some hero's journey, like something went wrong, something was uncomfortable, something was on the brink, and then you came out of it and you're better because of it. So don't be afraid of agitation, even if your goal is harmony, even if your goal is contentment, even if your you know goal is just smooth sailing and happiness. You got to be willing to allow yourself to get agitated. It's got to bother you a little bit just on that edge, you know, to, to make you claw a little bit to, to go get it. A lot of this is my interpretation of this. You can go listen to him too. Now, repetition is the R. Find creative ways to remind yourself of the things you want to do. This is something I practice a lot. If there's something you want to do, set it up so it's really easy to get it done. Set your clothes out ahead of time. Put a post-it note. Put the thing next to where you're going to eat breakfast or, you know, make it easy. Do a little bit, um, a little bit of thought and a little bit of work to make it easy for you to repeat it. You don't want it to go out of your attention. Oh, I forgot to do that today. So calendar alarms post-it notes, setting things up so that it's physically in your way. If I want to make sure I do something, I take the thing. Like I want to do, I want to do heart rate monitor with my horse. So I charge up my phone and I put my, I put this thing in my shoe (laughs) that I'm going to put on when I go out in the morning. I can do that the night before because otherwise in the morning I forget because I'm kind of in that efficient rut sometimes. So I just, I keep it on my desk right here, charging here's the charger so that then I look at this and I make sure before I go to bed, I stick it in my shoe, make it easy to repeat things. All right. So remember to be aware of the ruts, the patterns that we engrave into our lives. If you want to make big changes, you've got to be willing to stay focused and stay dedicated. You've got to allow yourself to feel stuff, the whole range of emotions. And you've got to be willing to get out of the comfort zone and you need to do this consistently. So that's basically what I just said there. And this is really like horse training. You know, we want our horses to be focused, not to be shut down. We want, we want to think about how we want them to feel, how we want our horses to feel. And I know those of you listening to this, uh, this podcast, care about how your horses feel. Do they feel safe? Do they feel comfortable? Do they feel trusted? Do they feel trusting? It's not just about what we want them to do. So let them feel their emotions too. And things work best if if we take the time to help our horses feel these positive states before we actually train them. And that's why in the goal setting, I want you to base on on the feel first. And if we know the feeling we're aiming for, we know how to make decisions. The same way if you know you want your horse to be calm, it's going to drive the training decisions along the way. And 
in training, we have to take our horses out of the comfort zone, just to the edge. We have to be very responsible, go to the limit, one little pinky toe over the limit, and then adjust from there so that now the comfort zone has expanded. We have to do that in order to learn and progress because learning by nature is trying to do something that you cannot yet do. And that is uncomfortable by definition. And of course, with our horses, we need to repeat the lessons with consistency. So that's the lessons and my thoughts about the new year and creating what you want, creating what you want for your life, creating what you want for your horses. So let's make this an amazing new year. Enjoy. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.